Uh, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this opportunity uh, for me to come and speak in front of your people. I ask, Father, today that uh, you speak through me, um, that whatever it is that you need to get across uh, to your people, I ask that you speak it, Father. Um, again, thank you so much for this opportunity that you have blessed me with. Um, I pray that people hear your voice and not my own. Father, we love you. Praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, so I had heard that Russell told me that we're going to start on a new series called um, Living on a Prayer, okay? Um, and uh, when I heard that, um, I immediately started to think, um, you know, lifestyle prayer. And that's the, the title of my message that, um, you know, I think most of the time that we tend to think of prayer, right, uh, we think that, oh, if we just pray, you know, one prayer a month, right, and then we're good to go for the rest of the month, right? You know, we don't need to do it to the next month. Um, but uh, unfortunately, that's not really... Uh, what we call living out the lifestyle of, of prayer, right? Um, I think when we tend to pray sometimes, uh, we like to think that um, when something bad happens, that's when prayer starts to really kind of take into effect, right? And then all of a sudden, we like to talk to God about, well, God, all this is happening to me. You know, now is the time I need to actually press in and, and, and talk to you more. But that's not really what the lifestyle of prayer is. It's not just the times that are bad, Right when we talk to God, it's also in the times when they're good. Right when we're just sitting down, just casually, just watching TV at work, at lunch, dinner, wherever. Right, it's just a natural conversation um, that we have uh, with God. And so, when we hear prayer, um, as I was doing my research and scouring, looking at all kinds of resources on Google and you know resources in the Bible, of course, um, I started thinking, you know, what is prayer? Like, what even is that? Right, and so from all the data that I collected and, and research I've been looking at, um, what I got from it, how am I, how I interpret uh, prayer, is that it's this direct and intimate communication with God. Now I say direct because we can actually directly talk with God. Right, there is no uh, middleman to talk to God like how it used to be. Right, there had to have um, a priest, and that priest would then talk to God about stuff and being really intimate and, and being in his presence, right? So direct, we can directly, you know, talk to God with him. And I say intimate um, because we have this closeness, right, this personal connection now with God um, that, you know, hasn't, that hasn't happened um, before, like with, with the priests, right? We can have that intimate conversation with God now. And so um, I'm going to bring up our first verse, um, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 3, verse uh, 8 through 9. Um, and so right now we're going to get an image of, in my opinion, of probably what it was like, um, this direct and intimate uh, kind of prayer and communication uh, with God. Um, and it's going to be, uh, this is where Adam and Eve uh, did a big no-no and uh, took of the fruit of uh, knowledge of good and evil, right? And uh, they're hiding from God right now. And so it says, verse 8, um, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves uh, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Now, again, I think this gives us an image of what it was probably like between God um, and Adam. Now, notice how it says the Lord God was walking in the, in the garden in the cool of the day. Okay, and then the man and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So God was walking, they heard him, and then they left. And then God said, where are you? I'm now a teacher, and what I've learned 
um, is that as when you give consistent behavior, right, there are things that will happen that your students will do just because you do something every single day, right? Um, like for example, um, I work at Edelwana High School, uh, I have an objective on the board, and whenever the students see the objective, they know, oh, I need to take out my Chromebook and start working on it, right? Um, even in the youth, as soon as I take out my deck of cards of Pictionary, the students already know, oh, we're gonna do a Pictionary, right? I gotta break up the teams, right? They know the rhythm, they know how things are gonna be going. And so I think this is how it was with, with God and, and Adam, right? When Adam heard God, I think what was supposed to happen is like, oh, God's here, I'm gonna go to him, right? I'm gonna go to him, right? And God was asking, where are you? Because he didn't come to him, right? He didn't come immediately when Adam heard that God was here. He did what? He ran away from him, he hid, he hid from God, right? What was supposed to happen is going to him instead. He left from him. And the main reason for that, sin, right? Adam was afraid to be in communion with God, to have that direct and um, intimate connection with God because he was afraid of the sin that he committed, right? Um, and so because of this sin, right, uh, things changed. Uh, we don't have, we, we, knew, we no longer had this direct and intimate communication with God. And so um, let's go to uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 11. Um, and we're going to park here in Hebrews uh, chapter 10 um, for a while. So it says, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. And so, like I mentioned before, um, now what happens is now there has to be a sacrifice every single time that we want to have this deep, intimate um, you know, direct communication with God. To be in his presence, it required sacrifice. Right? And it needed um, a priest um, to making sure that his sins were you know, cleaned after sacrificing an animal. But he had to keep doing this and doing this and doing this right? because um, he was still full of sin. Right? And this is the, remember, this is the guy that had to get the, you know, the bells around his robe, had to get a rope tied to him when he go inside the veil. Right? And if he had sinned, then boom, God would strike him right dead. Man, so he must have been truly afraid of his sin and worried that, like, oh, man, I might not be able to confront God because all of my sin, right? I'm going to die. That's probably what he was thinking. So I think he probably had the biggest excuse of probably not talking with God because of his, because of his fear of his sin. Um, and so it must have been like pretty, pretty um, crazy for him to, to go through that. Um, and I think for some of us, um, this is how we tend to treat God. Um, in our walk, right? That we're afraid sometimes to maybe go up to God, have this intimate, have this direct communication with him because we're afraid of our own sin, right? We're ashamed, we're guilty of the sin. We, f we almost feel as if um, because of all the stuff that I did, um, I can't talk with God intimately, right? He's just gonna be mad at me for whatever reason. Um, and I think we can kind of get into that um, psychological battle that um, we can sometimes go through. Now, because of Jesus, though, um, everything changed. Um, and so we're going to go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 through 18 now. Um, it says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their heart and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Huh. 
It's amazing. I always love that. Um, so again, because of what Jesus did, right, now we can boldly go before God, right, without the worry um, of sin and what we've done, right? He is our perfect sacrifice. He is our priest, right? He is our middleman, right? Now we can go directly and have that intimate um, uh, communication and prayer now with God. Now, um, again, I can understand that maybe some of us uh, could have difficulty, though, seeing God as this person where we can casually have this conversation with, that we can casually just say, like, oh, you know, how are you doing, God? Like, oh, you know, you know my day is pretty good. You know, it's you know, maybe difficult for us to do that, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and I would like to tell you that um, that's how it was for me as a kid uh, growing up. I grew up a, a Christian. Um, I started to believe when I was six. And I would like to tell you, that, you know, I had that, like, that barrier, if you will, like, I had to talk to God a very formal way, right, I have to do something like this, 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 right, but um, I was a really weird kid, you guys, growing up, um, it, I, I was, I was really, really weird, and so what happened was um, I had a very, very hyperactive curiosity growing up, like, any little thing, I would just wonder about it, it's like, oh, why is it like this, why is it this, why is it that, um, me and my parents, we actually had a, um, a conversation the other day. Um, this might be a little TMI, but I think it's funny. So um, they would tell me that I would be in the bathroom for like, like hours for whatever reason, and they just never knew why I was always in there for so long. And the main reason for that was because I was honestly probably sitting down and just like looking at the lock, and I'm like, why is the lock like that? Like, why did they choose it to make it a rectangle? Like, how come the door is like, like, that's, that's probably what was going on in my mind. I was trying to figure out, like, all these kinds of different things. And so, again, I had this very, very hyperactive curiosity mindset. And so because of this, this actually is what led, to me, led me to Christ in the first place, where it started off me looking at a blank sheet of paper. That was a white sheet of paper I wanted to color. I was about to color on it, and I'm like, hmm, is this how it all started? Was it just, like, a blank white sheet of paper? Um, and then those questions led to more questions where ultimately I asked my dad about it and then, you know, saying that, um, you know, everything wasn't just white, right? It was nothing, right? Um, and so just kept talking that night and then ultimately just get back down to Christ. And I'm like, oh, that's why we go to church. That's why, you know, God is, um, you know, going to help me answer all these questions and stuff. So God ended up becoming um, that person for me, that person who can answer all of these crazy questions that I have um, to the point where after I started believing, I would literally just be walking along and just like, God, like, why is it like this? Like, why are these trees green? Like, why? And it just kept going and going and going. And hence why I think why I like teaching science is because um, I like to get to know to the bottom of things. I have this very curious um, mindset about things. And so that's kind of how my relationship with God was growing up. It was just very, very casual, just, just walking around talking to him like he is my best friend, um, which he is, and still um, to this day. Um, and so that, that's really how it was for me, um, where I just would constantly bug God about questions about the world and the universe, just very, very crazy things as a kid. Um, and because of this, I learned very quickly that I can communicate with God like a friend. Um, and for those that struggle with this, though, to kind of see God as this friend, to see him as someone where you can just go up to regardless of what's going on. I hope this next verse in Hebrews will help you out and give you this reassurance that you can come to him. You can come to him just with um, just this direct and um, intimate communication. So let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22. 
says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he had opened up for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Ah, love that. Again, we can again we can come boldly now to Christ because of what he has done for us. We can have this intimate um, and direct communication, this, this prayer toward God that we can have like no other um, person. And that's what I think is just really amazing of what Jesus uh, did for us. And so how is it that we should live um, this lifestyle of prayer exactly? And so I'm going to take a look at um, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. So it's going to be you know a crazy, elaborate plan of how we should uh, probably uh, live a lifestyle of prayer, right? But, um, you know, it's actually going to be really quick. Uh, pray without ceasing, right? Very, very basic. <laughs> pray without ceasing, okay? It may seem very, um, you know, simple, um, which it, it actually really is. It, it really is that simple, you guys. Praying um, without ceasing. Um, I have an NIV version saying, you know, pray continually, Right. Um, and in my opinion, I think it, it's really all about consistency and not perfection. Uh, do your best to make an effort to pray every day, right, as much as you can. Um, if not, maybe try once a week, right. And then after you you pray and you talk with God once a week, maybe add two days a week, right. And then three days, four, etc., until you can get to a point where you can consistently pray to God every single day. Now, something that I like um, to tell uh, my youth a lot, um, because we get into it a lot sometimes, uh, we know what prayer is, right, and how it should be done, um, but have you guys ever stopped and think why? Okay, again, my curiosity mindset, okay? Why? Like, God tells us all these rules, what we should do, how we should live our lifestyle. Again, when I say rules, right, I say that very loosely, okay? It's, I think it's more of a, a lifestyle suggestion that he asks us um, to do. Um, but why? Why should we pray every single day? Was the whole point of it? Why should we communicate um, with God every single day, right? Um, and so I think it's actually um, I think God provides us a lot of things um, in real life to help us um, maybe understand what He's trying to say in certain verses. And so um, I'm actually going to bring up um, a, a stat. Um, this is going to be um, according to Petrelli Family Law in 2022. Now, uh, just bear with me. Uh, trust me, you're going to understand why I'm saying this stat um, in a little bit, okay? Um, and we have um, the most common reasons for divorce, actually. Uh, we have communication, infidelity, and money. Uh, those are the top three that they had come up with for the reasons why people end up um, in divorce. Now, we have communication again, infidelity, and money. All three of those involve one common theme. And that theme is communication, right? Communication, obviously, communication, uh, infidelity, right? Um, you're not talking to your spouse about the issues that you probably have with them, and they just go out and seek another person just to kind of run away from their problems. Uh, money, okay, a lack of communication with how you want to handle your money uh, with your spouse, right? That causes, you know, end up in divorce. So again, all three of these things, common theme is communication. And so I bring up divorce and I bring up marriage, right? Um, because God uh, oftentimes compares us to um, our relationship with him as marriage, right, as, as a spouse. And so let's take a look at uh, Ephesians chapter 5, 
uh, verse 25 through 27. It says, uh, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, uh, having cleansed her by washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, with spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Uh, it says, Christ loved the church. All right, spoiler alert, you are the church. Okay, we are the church. Okay, um, And Christ loves us. We have this direct and intimate communication with him. Right, We are in marriage with him. Okay, and so ultimately we are married to Christ, and uh, He always knew how important this direct and communi intimate communication is. Just as how you can lose intimate communication with your spouse or loved ones. Okay, again, this doesn't just apply to uh, marriages; it can apply to anything, right? With, with brothers, sisters, siblings, friends, doesn't matter, right? Just as you can lose that with with those people, you can also lose that intimate and direct communication with God if you choose not to put an effort of communicating to him in prayer, okay? Again, let me say that again. Um, just as you could lose intimate communication with your spouse or loved ones, you could also lose that intimate communication with God if you choose not to put an effort of communicating to him in prayer, okay? And again, that effort, um, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing it's not as easy to communicate with God because I'm always tired. You know, when I get to my nighttime prayers, um, I'm just like, man, God, I'm so tired. I just want to, like, fall asleep, right? It takes effort. It takes energy into communicating with God in prayer. Um, it takes, takes that, that choice uh, to do it. Um, and so let me kind of share with you what um, typically a prayer looks like um, for me. And so... Um, this is going to be more of the informal way of how I talk with God on a daily basis. Um, and so these can happen at random points of the day with random different topics, okay? Um, again, as a kid, even till right now, I would just ask God random uh, crazy questions with him. Um, I would listen to worship music as I walked to classes in high school and college where I'm just thinking about all kinds of random different things about why God does certain things, how I should be praying for other people, how I should be helping other people. Like all these thoughts were always just like running through my head. Um, even instead of paying attention in class, I would start thinking questions about like, oh, so this is how I should probably pray for somebody, God, and the teacher's just looking at me like I'm crazy, I'm not paying attention in class, right? Um, um, and so that's kind of typically how um, this very, you know, direct and intimate kind of communication with him started to build and build and build and build over the years. Um, now, I also believe, though, that um, there's, there should be times for this formal prayer, Okay, where you should have time in your day um, to really set that aside specifically for God, and that could look different for everybody. Okay, um, so let's take a look at uh, Matthew chapter six, uh, verse six, um, about praying in secret, and it says, uh, "But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret um, will reward you." Okay, and so I think this is going to be more of our formal style of prayer, right? And so let me share with you how that kind of got started for my life uh, growing up. And so every night, uh, my parents would pray for me and my little brothers. It was kind of just the routine. Every single night, they would come into our room and pray. It got to the point where I could not sleep unless they prayed for me. 
Like, if days that they would forget, I would go to their room, right? Like, uh, excuse me, uh, you didn't pay for me. Uh, I can't go to sleep, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, and I could see in their eyes, like, oh, oh, my gosh, here we go, right? And I think they got so fed up with it. I don't remember what age I was um, exactly, but I, I'll never forget when they told me that I had to pray for myself now. Like, oh, my gosh, like, I had to pray for me now? You can't pray? Like, what? And I was like, oh, all right, fine. And, like, I started, like, you know, trying to pray for myself, right, as, as much as they try to pray for me. Um, and it was just like, like oh, I still like mom and dad when they pray for me, right? Um, and so, uh, but, but that's how it you know, eventually started, where they, they guided me through, this is how you should pray um, every night. And then um, I kind of started taking over um, through that prayer process. And again, going back to that um, First Thessalonians um, uh, chapter 5, verse 17, about praying, um, praying without ceasing, um, what ended up happening was, um, again, it, even with my parents, how I couldn't sleep without their prayer. Same thing with me. I could not sleep unless I prayed to God every single night. It just, it just is what it is because I did it every single night. So much so that even like to this day, when I pray, sometimes I end up yawning because like my body knows, oh, when I pray to God, it's nighttime. It's time to go to sleep time. Right, so right now when I pray, I end up getting sleepy, I get yawning, I'm not yawning all the time, right, again, because that's, that's, that's literally how much and how consistent I was praying to God every single night, um, ever since I started believing. Um, and so, you know, for my formal prayers, typically I would base this off of um, the Lord's Prayer. Um, first, I would thank God uh, for all that He's done. Um, I would ask for forgiveness. Um, for anything that I felt like I had done to him, even for the things that I'm unaware of, okay, because I'm pretty sure I'm sinning and like, I don't even know about it. Um, the next thing I do is I start praying for other people, uh, my loved ones, family, friends, you know, doesn't matter. Um, and then after that, then I pray for my own desires and what I want God to kind of show up in my life. And so, um, you know, typically those are like the, the four, excuse me, five main things that I would pray about um, every single night. Um, and I didn't start off with these elaborate prayers, though, right, of just, you know, having all these kinds of, you know, fancy words and all that kind of stuff. It really just started off as very simple, those five things. And then eventually, over time, as I kept praying, I maybe started adding a few more things um, here and there. And then I just kept adding and adding and adding every single day. Again, you guys, it's about being consistent, not about being perfect in this particular area, okay? And it could look different for everybody. There are some days where I was praying maybe for, like, Five minutes, other nights, maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes, right? Maybe it's just for a minute, I had a rough day, I'm studying for finals or, you know, something like that. Um, it's, it's really going to be different for everybody. And I think God, God knows that too. And so my encouragement to you all is to have reassurance in what Jesus did on the cross so you can pray and have this direct and intimate communication with God, this, this deep prayer with him, without fear and without guilt of any of your sins that you may have committed. Pray consistently as much as you can. Start having a lifestyle prayer mentality, um, not just one where you just pray once a month and then just hope for the best. Um, try to have it just as Adam had with God before the fall. Uh, you can, again, start this process by talking um, with God when you have your formal prayers, maybe once a night, maybe you're a morning person, right, afternoon time. Find that designated time that you can spend with Him. Um, for your informal ways, um, you can start it off by maybe talking to God during your lunch break, right? Like, man, God, 
Today is rough. I wish I had a longer lunch, right? You know, little, little stuff like that, you guys, really takes you a long way with him, okay? Um, really communicate with God like he is a real person, because he is. Treat it as if he was right there next to you, talking with him about whatever you want, okay? Eventually, you will get to a point where you will randomly pray with him, randomly talk with him about anything at any time of the day. Build that direct and intimate communication with him because he has been waiting to do it with you before you were even born. Okay? Um, and also, I do want to add um, that as right now in my life, I'm, I'm currently very, very busy in life. I have a lot, a lot, a lot going on my plate. And this, this sermon has really helped me personally. Um, it helped remind me of how important uh, prayer is and how, um, because of my busy schedule, um, if I was really honest with you guys about it, it, it has been lacking. I'm not going to lie. Um, but going back to the First Thessalonians verse about the praying without ceasing, for, for my younger people who are, who are new to the faith, um, and um, even for people just, yeah, anyone who's new to the faith and honesty and I think people who have been um, uh, with Jesus for a long walk too can probably understand this, but I think because of my, my willingness um, to consistently pray as much as I can, I think despite being busy, I was still able to hold on to that prayer. Even if it was just little prayers, I was still able to pray a little bit during those times. It wasn't long as much as I normally do. Um, but those prayers were still there, and I felt as if it's those small little prayers that ended up getting me through all of the circumstances, all of the problems that I'm kind of going through in my, my busy life schedule. It's what kept me consistent. It's what kept me in this um, intimate communication with God um, because of all that. So I think um, what you guys do right now when you pray to God, it may seem like it's insignificant. I'm telling you, it's not. It's not. It will add up eventually. So when you're going through life, when you're going through struggles, um, all that prayer really, really comes and, and helps you. It really just helps you understand that God is with you, He is for you, and nothing can stand against you, you guys. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's why prayer is, is very, very important, and we should have this uh, lifestyle prayer mindset. Um, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, again, once I thank you for this opportunity to speak um, in front of your people, um, I asked that you, you give us encouragement um, to, to walk up to you um, and to communicate with you and have this direct and intimate communication with you um, as if you're right here in front of us because I know you are, Father. Help us to have just like this fun, um, this fun-like conversations with you um, about how life really is. Um, help us not to, not to have this fear of, of our sin or, or, or guilt or shame um, for us coming to you like this. Um, I ask that for those of us that may not have this, this communication, this, this um, prayer life with you, that um, you give us peace um, and, and understanding that we can come to you directly. Father, because of what Jesus did for us, we, can no, long, we no longer need to hide. We no longer um, need to be afraid of, of walking up to you. Um, because of all of what Jesus did, we can come to you boldly, Father. Um, I ask that as we continue throughout our lives, that we will never cease praying that we will continue to, to be consistent in communication with you. And Father, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so my questions for you guys to work on together. Um, let's see. 
and have them up. Yes, there they are. All right, so first question is, when could you make a prayer commitment to God once every day? If you have one, explain yours to everybody, and have you considered changing it up? Next question, uh, explain how you felt uh, when trying to talk with God as if it was a casual conversation. Um, and then last question, uh, do you think your communication skills toward God reflects how you communicate with other people? Explain. All right, so you guys can uh, get in your groups and uh, talk it out. Um, as you see, uh, Henry uh, chat GPT'd him yeah. to uh, <laughs> consolidate the question. So <laughs> there they go. But yes, thank you, Jacob. Everybody give Jacob a hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're going to move into our groups and we're going to discuss these chat GPT questions. <laughs> Thank you.